He'll make it for sure. Now that's why I backed him on Tab Touch. Hey, Luke. Yes, Gene Simmons. He's probably the best when it comes to this stuff. Thanks, Gene. You've got the touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Hello and welcome to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle Special Christmas Edition, Cody. By the time in between these two shows this week and next week, we would have had Christmas Day. We would have had our two NBL games on Christmas Day. We would have had our NBA Christmas feast on on Boxing Day. So this is a very special edition of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. And I might have I might have to eat my words from last week where I said that every week we seem to have more to talk about. <laughs> this felt like a bit of a quieter week yes. in NBL circles and we saw a lot of blowouts. Um, I think the average winning margin across the games this, this past NBL weekend was 15 points, and that's factoring in two one-point games. So, so we had some, had some big blowouts. We saw Melbourne United just shoot further clear on top of the pack. New Zealand Breakers, they're the great enigmas of the yeah, competition. I can't work them out, but they had another, another up game. Illawarra Hawks, I'm fascinated to get your thoughts on their improvement. The Cairns Taipans, they're one of the up-and-down teams as well, and they're also, unfortunately, dealing with a lot up in the far north of Queensland. More pain for the southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Mm. And plenty f- plenty more for us to get through as we look towards Christmas, Cody. I'm I'm Chris Pike. We're here thanks to Hoop7, as always, and Tab Touch. Cody Ellis, thanks for joining me again. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, look, you definitely jinxed us last week, mate. It's, <laughs> um, yeah, it was a, a bit of a quiet round for sure. Look, some decent basketball across the round, but uh, yeah, some, some big blowout games that, no one probably really had to sit and watch the, the whole game for. Mm. So, um, yeah, look, is where it is. That's fine. Um, it's kind of nice to have a bit of a quieter week <laughs> yes. and not, not have to cram everything into into the time we have. But, uh, yeah, look, still still plenty to chat about. So looking forward to it. Yeah, still plenty to look look back on and look ahead to, especially the two Christmas Day games to, to come in the NBL. And, yeah, it felt like last week that we could have just done a full show just on what was happening in Adelaide and just what was happening at, at South East Melbourne. And then you throw in that game in Cairns, and that was almost a, a full show. So we'll be able to spread the love a little bit more across the, the 10 teams this week. Um, now, very close to Christmas. I don't think you can jump onto hoop7.com.au anymore, Cody, and get your order in Christmas, but you can pop into the store in Murray Street if you're, if you're in Perth. Um, did Jason and his team happen to help you out with the reverse Grinches at all? No, unfortunately mm. not. I haven't, uh, haven't had anyone hit me up and no. help me out with those. Uh, look, um, no, I've... Missed out on the original Grinches and then the re-release of the Grinches and thought, you know, maybe third time lucky. Yes. But uh, no, look, obviously a, a very popular shoe. So unfortunately, I didn't uh, cop a pair of those. No, ones. so Jason, if you're listening, if you can help us out, <laughs> I think Cody wants a size 15. 15, mate. He knows, he knows my size. He oh. helped me out with my Bruce Lees. So. <laughs> I, I, I remember yeah. those Bruce Lees. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind a size 10 either, <laughs> Jason, if you find a, find a pair. So if you can find two pairs for us, I think we'll both be, be very happy. We're here thanks to Tab Touch as well, Cody. We're going, going to be doing some special Christmas Day um, specials as well this, this week, thanks to Tab Touch at, at the, the Tab Touch app and at tabtouch.com.au. Felt like there was one league that let, let us down last week in our, in our multis. It's, yeah. it's, it's tough to watch these games and just hope that the players are pulling through for us. It's almost like playing fantasy, mm. fantasy basketball, but with a bit of a different slant. Yeah, it definitely is. And look, yeah, I think we've been on a bit of a roll with, mm. with our, our choices lately and... 
weekend just gone, I think you're right. Every every multi, I think, missed by maybe a point or two. Mm. Um, I know my NBA one was a, a KD point off, <laughs> yes. which is unfortunate because that would have been a good little hit, that one. And you had an NBA one that was only really missed because Mitch Craig got injured. Got hurt, exactly. So, yeah, look, that's that's all part of it, right? So, no, it does uh, it does certainly feel like fantasy, um, like playing the fantasy games. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's it's, it's uh, a lot of fun, and we, we appreciate Tab Touch for letting us uh, have a play with that kind no, of thing. No, we, we absolutely do. Okay, um, let's get into NBL talk about what we saw across the weekend, Cody. I think, above everything else, what we learned is that Melbourne United yeah. is... Far and away the best team in this competition right now. They're they're thirteen and three, um, and we think of them as a defensively minded team. And they've got great defenders with you know Shaili, Matthew Delavadova, Luke Travers, um, Ariel Hakpordi, Joe Lualuchul can all play really good mm. defensive roles. But boy, they're scoring points. Mm. So if you can, if you can be good defensively and be scoring over a hundred points in your last five games, yep. you're going to be mighty tough to stop. Um, how far ahead of the pack do you see them right now? Oh, leaps and bounds. They're yeah, they're well ahead of the pack, and I think they separated themselves again this week, like you mentioned. And I mean, they're just they're so potent on the offensive end. You know, you got yeah. a guy like Chris Goulding having a bit of a resurgence, here, yes. and it's been so much fun to watch. Every time he catches it, and it goes up, I'm like, well, that's cash. <laughs> yes. You know, it's um, it's it's crazy. Um, and then you you know add a guy like Clark back into the lineup, yeah. and he just makes plays and. LT has been unbelievable, yeah. like pushing in transition. Yeah. JLA is, we know he's a beast on the offensive end, yeah. and even Huck Porty's is coming to the party now with with his pick and rolls with Delhi has been yeah. really fun to watch, yeah. and you know, he's getting some some really nice setups to uh, yeah. to throw the thing down. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're so potent on that end of the floor, even though you look at them as a defensive unit. Yeah. So look, they are yeah far and away the best team in the league, and it, it's certainly theirs to lose at the moment. Looking through some of the numbers, they're far and away the best ranked team in both defensive and offensive mm-hmm. categories. So their their offensive rating is one nineteen point three. Their defensive rating is one oh seven point four, and that's their defensive rating is a lot lower than anybody else's, and their offensive rating is a lot higher than anybody else. I mean, like like we talked about, to be doing it at both ends, mm-hmm. that's what makes this team so good. Oh, it certainly does, and I mean, you know, it's pretty crazy to be first in both of those. Yes. You know, usually usually the great teams are you know, really good on the defensive end mm. and their their offensive end falls off a bit, but yeah. they make up for it by what they do on the defensive yeah. end and vice versa, right? There's teams out there that just want to outscore you. Mm. You know, we, we kind of saw that with the Cats at the start of the year. Yeah. They just wanted to be that yeah. team that outscored you and mm. their defense was awful. Yes. That's obviously picked up for mm. them now. But the fact that Melbourne is a long way ahead of everyone else in mm. both offense and mm. defense. Yeah, I mean, these numbers aren't even close. No, it's, it's so impressive. It mm. really is impressive. And I mean, you just got to look at, their roster and yep. it makes perfect sense. You know, they're just such a well-rounded team and, you know, everywhere has an, you know, absolute weapons, whether it's the starting five or mm-hmm. everyone coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you know, Cameron's coming off and being unbelievable yeah. Yeah. You know, as, as kind of the 10th guy. Yeah. So, yeah, look, Dean's got them uh, on the right track. So, look, they're, they're certainly the team to beat. Is that why you – do you feel like they've gone the right track instead of – Having a superstar and building around a mm-hmm. superstar, they've got legitimately 10 deep. I mean, yeah. if you look at all five positions, they go two deep in every position. I mean, they've got their two-point guards with Shea and Deli. You've got Golding and Clark in the two spot. Um, you can go right through the list with Travers and and Krebs. And oh, I'm, stretch, I'm stretching my memory now for, for <laughs> some, some names. But And then you've got Hakpordi and Luala Chul. Yeah. I mean, and you, you, know, you, float, you throw Flynn Cameron into, the, into that backcourt um, and, and some of the younger guys as well. You can tell they go twelve deep. Is that is that? Do you think their mix is right where they've 
gone for the depth rather than building around superstar imports. I mean, to be fair, their whole starting five is full of superstars. <laughs> no, no, you yeah. know, yeah, sure. LT is someone that you can build around. Chris Goulding, you know, the way he's playing right now is is a superstar and someone you can build around. Huck Porty is is that is that guy that two years ago before he did his injury, we were like, well, they're going to build around him for the next mm. couple of years. Mm. JLA, same thing. Before he left, he was the guy that they started building around because he just had an absolute surge in, in his ability. Oh, he was an MVP candidate for, yeah. for a while there before yeah. he got hurt. And, yeah. then he, you know, and then he got hurt and left and came back. And Clark, you know, we saw him at Sydney be one of the go-to guys, you know, for a championship team. I mean, they, they don't win that championship without No, not at impact. all. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's... it's um, a very yeah. impressive roster. The one I was the thinking of that I've slipped my mind was Kyle Bowen. He's another one that's giving them great depth as well. Oh, he's been huge for them. Mm. Um, you know, started off the year a bit slow, mm. but right now he's he's one of their key defenders as yes. well. You yeah. know, he's he's getting thrown some pretty big assignments mm. just purely because of his size and his yeah. length. And yeah, look, he's been he's been really really good. And then look, you got Delhi and Shay, <laughs> yeah. you know, as as the head of the snake <laughs> yeah. there. You know, it's it's hard not to. Uh, to kind of be, be pulled along by guys of that calibre. Um, you know, you got two of the best defenders in the league mm. right there. So that always helps. But uh, no, look, it's, it's a star-studded lineup, and uh, Dean and Melbourne have done a, a, a very good job of putting this roster together. So they're only 16 games into the season. They're already four games clear on top. But I'm fascinated to get your thoughts on who their next challenger is. I mean, you, you look through the other nine teams, so the Sydney Kings were better this week. Mm-hmm. Um, defensively, they were greatly improved, but I guess we need to see more of that to know that it wasn't just a, a one-off. The Wildcats, they got a win, but now they hit the road for the next three or four weeks, so that's going to be a test for them. The Jack Jumpers, we thought, were probably that next challenger, but they had two slip-ups. Mm-hmm. This weekend, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, they're in a hole now and also without Mitch Creek. Um, Cairns are so up and down. All of a sudden, Brisbane are now struggling a little mm-hmm. bit after a couple of losses. The Illawarra Hawks are the team that's on the rise, yeah. but they might be coming from too far back. The New Zealand Breakers, I mean, their best is as good as anybody's, but their worst is also as yeah, bad as, as, as everybody as else's. And Adelaide's probably the one team you can rule out. I mean, what what do you think of the other nine challenges? I mean, yeah, it's... I, I can't see anybody even going close in a series against these guys mm. come finals. Yeah. I, I just, I can't see it happening. If If they stay healthy, I... I just can't see it happening. You know, I think I think the Cats have certainly risen to the occasion and, and they're certainly up there now mm. in uh, that contender spot. But again, I just, you know, the way Shea and Delhi and, you know, LT's get, would catch time on Bryce yeah. would yeah. just wear him down over a series, yeah. I feel. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly can't see anyone right now, if Melbourne stay healthy, mm. just... Even getting close, yeah. it's um, you know Sydney. Sydney do look really good at times, mm. but they have those moments where yeah. they just kind of fall in a bit of a hole and they mm. can't score and they just jack up a lot of threes yeah. and you know they go through stages where those don't fall. To be fair, a lot of the times they are falling, yeah. so they're shooting the shooting the ball at a decent clip and they're going to keep letting it fly. Mm. But again, against a defensive minded team like Melbourne, that's you know those shots are going to be tougher. Yeah. You're right, Brizzy struggling. Tassie, yeah, falling in a bit of a hole again. Mm, mm. Cairns do look good in patches again. Yeah, yeah. You know, they look really good in at times and then their kind of youth comes out a little bit yeah. and 
Um, you know, they do some really silly things. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, look, Illawarra is certainly on the rise, but they just do not have the talent, not yeah. even close to the talent. Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to see anyone contending properly if Melbourne do stay healthy. Let's talk about the Illawarra Hawks. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we get to talk about them in a more positive light yeah. because for a season and a half, we didn't have a lot to, to talk about from, from their point of view. Um, the difference under Justin Tatum has been night and day and maybe Elvis isn't under control just yet. Maybe not. He's, he's all right. He's all right. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll keep ploughing ahead. They're 3-1 and one under Justin Tatum. They easily could be 4-0. and oh. I mean, they had a chance in that game against Brisbane. Um, Tyrell Harrison walled up against, against Gary Clark and Elvis will entertain himself with that, that lid and it might make a big bang soon. So that's Elvis <laughs> if you can hear that in the background. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they could easily be 4-0. Oh. I mean, I can talk about what I've seen that's, that looks different. It seems obvious in some ways, Cody, but... What have, you, what have you seen as the major difference over the last four games? Just a bit of freedom, I think, yeah. for me, is, is the big thing for them. You know, a bit, bit of rejuvenation, kind mm-hmm. of a bit of a, a, a fresh start, really. Mm-hmm. You know, change is as good as a holiday uh, mm-hmm. for some. And yeah. it seems like this has, has been that for, for mm-hmm. a lot of the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess just more, more buy-in on the defensive end yeah. is probably the big thing and, and their willingness to get out and run mm-hmm. or, you know, they want to get out and run, um, which I thought with the with the roster they've got would be their main strength is just being able to push the ball. They were never going to be a half court team, were no, they? Not at all, not at all. And you know, to be able to even even to get the ball out of the net and push it quick, right, is is, is something that I think that they can do. Mm. But for me, it's it's the effort on the defensive end yeah. that I think has really turned the switch for them. And yeah, look, Tatum's got them kind of humming right now, which, yeah. is, which is fun to see. I think it's been obvious from the first game we saw under Tatum that. He talked about that week leading into that first mm-hmm. game. At practice, all they talked about was, was defense. You talked about that's all they would be focusing yeah. on as well. So he talked about how all they were worried about is getting better defensively. He wasn't going to play, guys. If you weren't yep. doing well defensively in practice, you weren't going to play. And But if you bought in defensively, he would be rewarding you. Um, why do you think he's got the buy-in from the players? Why why has this same playing group been able to you know be performing so differently? It's, it's part of that new voice, right? Mm-hmm. Well... Similar voice, really. He'd been around since the start of the season. But, and I guess probably the, the threat of, well, if you don't do this, you're not going to play. You know, I think, I think they kind of, under Jacob, became a bit stagnant and kind of a bit the same. And, it, you know, it didn't seem like it really mattered if you messed up. Mm-hmm. You know, Jacob would, would yell and scream a bit, but mm-hmm. the same guys would still be playing the mm-hmm. same minutes no matter what was happening. I think just kind of, the fact that Tatum is willing to be like, all right, Tyler, if you're not if you're not playing mm-hmm. defense, come sit down. Oh, we've seen games where he hasn't played. Yeah, you know, down the stretch in games, yeah. we never saw yeah. that over no. the last three years. No, and I think that is kind of proof in the pudding of well, you know, if if our best offensive guy mm. isn't going to be playing games down the stretch, there's a reason for it, and he's not messing around, and you know, he's he's telling the truth. And mm. if you don't play D, then you're coming to sit. Mm. So, I think. Um, yeah, just kind of throwing a bit of a spanner in the works there mm. and I guess keying in on, on certain aspects of the game that weren't really keyed on before mm. um, has kind of changed them a little bit. So, it, it, yeah, it's been awesome to see. You talked about them getting out and running. Um, in this game against the Phoenix, they you know they dominated this game mm-hmm. after, after quarter time, but what stood out to me was it was because of their defense. They could get, they were getting stops, stop after stop at one end, and 
they could get out and run. I mean, sure that if they if the other team was scoring, they could take it out of the yep. basket and and run. But it's so much easier to push the pace what? when you're getting stops and and it looks like that's one of their great strengths now. If they can get stops, it just helps them run so much so much quicker. Well, you look at their personnel and it just it makes sense, right? You know, they've got two point guards really, which are really a two men, but mm. two point guards that are quick, want to score and want to score quickly. Pushing the ball is is so advantageous for them. Mm. Um, you got you know young bigs, Rowling and Albrick and guys like that who are able and willing to run the floor. You know you got guys like Dan Greer coming off the bench, and mm. he, all he wants to do is run. Yes. He's an energizer yep, bunny. Yep. And then Clark is, is probably um, mm. the one that is like, well, he's probably the one that slows it down more. Mm. But he's elite in transition like that as well. Yep. So it's like it's um, it only makes sense for them to get out and run. And yeah, look, it's, it's really turned them around. I mean, it was an amazingly dominant performance. So 78 to 45 after quarter time mm. in Terrellgan against a pretty disappointing Phoenix team in, yeah. in fairness. But there's so much to like about what the Hawks did. Their biggest win in, in a year and a half. They shot 54% from the field. But I want to get your thoughts on Tyler Harvey because I think he knows that he now has to play efficiently. He can't go out there and do whatever he wants. Yeah. He, he has to play under control. He has to do what he's told. Or else he'll be sitting down next to next yep. to Tatum on the bench. And this was one of the more efficient games we've seen from him. So he had 25 points, shot 10 of 15, went 4 of 7 from 3. But I think from memory, he made 4 of his first 5. Mm-hmm. He got got going early. Um, he's a different looking player if he's playing efficiently. Yeah, he is. And, you know, I think we saw that a bit in his first year. Yeah, we did. You know, he was a lot more efficient. His shots were probably up. Mm but he was more efficient yeah. than what he has been. You know, he's, he's kind of been struggling a little bit. And it's, it's a bit of what we saw with Bryce early in this season mm-hmm. where probably wasn't in the right position to be successful. Yeah. And um, well, Neither of them are point guards. Neither, no, both not. of them work better if they've got a point guard yeah, helping to running a show, them. running a play for them. If they're coming off down screens, pin downs, you know, flares, all that sort of stuff, mm. getting them moving off the ball because they're so quick. Mm. They read the game well. And as soon as they're off a pin down, if, if the big guy switches, well, it's, you know, your eyes light up mm. and, and happy days. But it, it's been really good, you know, if, if he doesn't have his shot to get off the ball, you know, move it on and then space and let someone else get in there, make a play, do something, and then you could get your kick out. You mm. could get, you know, that drive and dish and then you get to penetrate. And um, I, I think, I just think Tatum's got the whole squad uh, on the same page. Mm. And I think that's probably the biggest thing. Now, four games, I think, is. Too quick to be thinking too far ahead, but, yeah. but I mean, because it's been such a significant difference, I still can't imagine them making a playing game because no. they're still a fair way back and they're still five and eight right now. Um, but when would you seriously start to consider Tatum as your coach beyond this season? What what would he have to do from now and, and the end of the season? Honestly, I think they should be thinking that right now. Mm-hmm. I think the, yeah. the you know, like you mentioned, it is probably too early to really make. Too much of a call, but the turnaround's been huge, right? And, you know, I mean, the way teams five and six are playing right now, you know, or everyone below the top four, really, I feel like it's a lot more open than the record suggests right now. Not saying that they'll make a push for it, Mm. but I think they might end up scaring it a little. Um, Kansas six and they're seven and nine. Yeah. The Hawks are five and eight, so Mm. they're they're, they're right there. Yeah, they are. They're there. And, of those, you know, bottom four-ish teams, probably playing better than anyone oh, else. Yeah. yeah, look, I think 
he's certainly someone that they need to consider going forward and mm. someone that, you know, whether they sign him early and mm. make sure that he stays, mm-hmm. um, hopefully he doesn't jump ship anywhere, um, would probably be a good idea. Be interesting to see how he went with, with recruiting and, and seeing yeah, what yeah. Uh, who he would bring in yep. and, and, you know, what kind of team he would put together. Because, mm. I mean, for a team that he hasn't put together, he's got them humming pretty well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, before we take our first break, why don't we finish with the Sydney Kings in this first segment? Um, we we talked about about it last week how they they probably weren't going to go too far this season playing the defense that they yep. had been playing. The coach Mahmoud Abdul Fader was feeling that as well, and he knew that they had to improve improve their defense, and and they were a lot better against mm-hmm. Tasmania. I think it's got a little bit of a rider on it. I mean, the Drag Jumpers did play in Perth on Friday night, and then back home to play on a Sunday yep. afternoon against a Kings team that was was fresh, hadn't fresh. played in seven yep. days, and. You know, in fairness, Milton Doyle had been travelling all around the world, so he, he'd come back from Chicago to come to Hobart on Wednesday, flew to Perth on Thursday, flew back to Hobart on Saturday. So, so I think there's a little bit of a rider on it, but at the same time, a better defensive performance from the Kings. They forced Tasmania into 19 turnovers, the most ever the Jack Jumps have had mm. in an NBL game. Did you like what you saw from the Kings? It's certainly a step forward. Um, I think, you know, and it gets spoken about on the broadcast a lot, um, I think, you know, especially guys like Pete Hawley brings it up a lot and how the teams that end up winning the championship are always top three-ish yeah. of the defensive rating, right? Mm. And Sydney weren't even close to that. They've been mm. sixth, seventh, mm. eighth even so far this season. Mm. But I think what we kind of saw on the weekend was was really good. I think Galloway led he from, did. from the front there. Um, and, you know, we've, we've seen it before with Galloway where we've even spoken about it on here where he can really turn the tide for them defensively yep. and be that guy. Mm. Um, you know, they, they've had those lockdown defenders in the past few mm. championship seasons, yeah. and I think he can be that guy for them. Yep. Being young, it's not happening every single game, mm. which is totally understandable. I mean, you're right. They've had starters who have been defenders in that starting five. Mm-hmm. It was Justin Simon last year, and the year before it was Wani Swaka. Yeah. Loberlook, who, you know, they're not out there to score. They're out there just to play defense, mm. and, you know, Galloway can do a lot more offensively. Yeah. But... Yeah, he can be that defensive guy for them. He certainly can. So, look, I, I think it was certainly a turn in the right direction. And to force Tassie into 19 turnovers into, you know, a, a team that's usually really good with the ball yes. and, you know, turn it over very few times. And to force them into 19 is, is very impressive mm. and just kind of force them into silly turnovers. You mm. know, just that little extra pressure that you wouldn't usually think too much of, but over the course of 40 minutes, it starts to grind you down mm. a bit and... No, they're, they're really good. It's going to be interesting to see how they go moving forward and if they can keep that up and even improve on it. I asked Muck Mood after the game what they did differently this week. You know, how did they approach trying to bounce back this week? Mm-hmm. The last thing I expected him to say was that they spent two days at, at the beaches in Sydney <laughs> as, as a group. And he, he felt like, seriously, that helped them yeah. to take the pressure off a little bit, to take their minds off the basketball, to, to spend some time together. I'm sure they still put in the work on the court when oh, yeah. they were in the gym, but to get away together as a group and... You've lived in Sydney. You've been to those beaches. Mm-hmm. Um, does that make sense? It certainly does. No, it <laughs> certainly does. And look, it's it's a tough one. And I'm pretty sure we spoke on this probably similar time last year, about halfway through the season. Mm. The NBL season is an absolute grind. Mm. It is such a grind. And while it's not like the NBA, you're not playing 82 games, mm. your, your training schedule is, is a lot more hectic. Well, the, is a training session as as taxing as a game in some ways? It's more. It's more taxing than a game, I feel. You put in all that effort and trainings are tough so that once you get into a game, it's just easy. Mm -hmm. 
easier, not easy, yeah. easier. But yeah, look, I think you need that kind of a thing every now and then throughout an NBL season. You mm. need that, all right, lighter session, we'll get some shots up, go through some schemes, mm. that's it. Then, all right, everyone out, we're going to go do this as mm. a team. Mm. Go to the beach, go hang out at the beach. And mm. it's been pretty hot in Sydney from what I'm hearing from my brother. So it's, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's um, not surprising that that's where they ended up. But yeah, look, they, they looked rejuvenated, they looked good, and um, hopefully that can be their uh, little trampoline going forward yeah. um, on the defensive end. All right, Cody, when we come back, still plenty more to talk about, but we'll take a break and hear from Tap Touch. Sounds good. He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on Tap Touch. You got the touch, you got the power. Got the touch, choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Welcome back to Hoop Seven's Basketball Hustle. I'm here with Cody Ellis and our third co-host, Cody. We won't be hopefully hearing too much from him now for the rest of the show because he's he's conked out. He's worn himself out. And certainly has. He's uh, <laughs> put him in his little bed and he's out like a light. He is. So <laughs> enjoy enjoy the, the rest, Elvis. Um, we talked about three positive notes on the in the first segment, Cody, about Melbourne United, the Yellow Hawks, and the Sydney Kings. Not so positive about the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. I. I've got some concerns for them now. I mean, they're still sitting inside the top six. They're they're eight and eight. So I mean, record wise, they're still they put themselves in a decent position. But those two losses on the weekend to Melbourne United in the throwdown, you know, everything just went wrong for them in that game. Lost by twenty eight points and lost lost Mitch Creek late late in the game. Um, yeah, there was just a horrible game, and then they couldn't back it up against the Aurora Hawks. Lost by lost by twenty eight. Um, so 28 and 28. I mean, if you've lost two games across the weekend by 56 points, things aren't going well, are they? No, absolutely not. And again, it's been every single year that we, at some point in the season, talk about Phoenix and their health issues yes. and, and their struggles. And it's, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we've heard from Simon and, you know, that's part of the reason yeah. he said, no, nah, I'm done. <laughs> I just can't mentally do it anymore. I'm almost scared to ask him about it again oh, because of the PS- PTSD yeah, it brings exactly. up for him. We <laughs> would. And, it just it's just frustrating because I mean you know they, they've constantly put these great teams together to contend and mm. just can't keep them on the floor. With Mitch Creek being out, I think we really saw how important he is to this squad yeah. and how different they are when he is out there. Yeah. Um, hasn't been probably not his best statistical season mm-hmm. that we've seen from him, but I just think it might might have been his best leadership season yeah. though as big, captain. Yeah, big time and. Obviously, Craig Moller being out, we, we've spoken about that and what he brings to the table and how much they've lost with him being out now for the season. Mm. And then, yeah, I mean, it's just, they just can't catch a break, honestly. It's, mm. it's brutal. It's brutal. So we saw Abdul Nader for the first time. He didn't play in the throwdown because he'd only arrived in the country that same day and he'd never been to Australia before. So mm. I think a little bit too much to ask to ask him to play with teammates he had never met before, no. in a league he's never seen before, in a country he's never never seen before. No. Um, and it, to be honest, two days later, he would have had a very brief run-through with his teammates on the Friday and then travelled to Trelgan to play on Saturday. Very rusty start, but considering he hadn't played a game at all at any level mm-hmm. in two years, I think that's totally expected. But all of a sudden, I mean... He's now being asked to replace Mitch Creek, Craig Moller, and Will Cummings all at once. It's a it's a lot to ask for a guy that's you know coming off such a, a rough two years. Yeah, it's not ideal, right? But <laughs> no. I mean, look, he he had a he had a pretty good NBA career. I mean, yeah. he played two hundred and I think it was two hundred and twenty four or something, yeah. Yeah. you know, along those lines. Games in the NBA that mm-hmm. doesn't happen by accident. Yeah. So obviously, coming back from some pretty crappy injuries, mm-hmm. which isn't ideal, mm-hmm. but 
it's it's going to take him time to adjust mm. on top of getting his legs under him properly yeah. and and all that kind of thing. So there will be a bit of grace that we've, we've got to give him here. But look, I, I do think that he will slot in nicely, and he'll he'll be a, a certain certainly a welcome addition to the to the squad right now. A bit of extra firepower for them, and that extra guy that they can go to. And um, I mean, look, he he was we we obviously saw him start very rusty. Yes. And yes. Again, that was probably expected. Mm. Um, but, you know, th- there were certainly flashes there that you can see mm. he's, he's going to be good for them. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be good to see what it's like after a, a week of training and um, getting to know the guys and mm. um, in around the squad and kind of learning a bit more about the league. Mm. And um, he, he's going to be fun to watch. Well, give me some insight. How tough would it be to be thrown out there to play mm. so quickly? I mean, he, he met his teammates for the first time on on Thursday while they were preparing for a game, so they didn't have a lot of time to, to spend getting yeah. to know him. They spent a little bit of time together on Friday. They get on a bus to travel to Terrelgan for that game. I mean, and like I said, he's never been to the country before. No. How, how tough is it? Oh, very, very tough. Look, he would have he would have been sent film and mm. he would have studied all that kind of thing. So in terms of like what they're running um, and their schemes, that'll come. You know, he's probably got it in the back of his mind. Just adjusting to the league in general mm. is always a big thing, and we say that every preseason with imports, and mm. you know it's going to be the big focal point on that is is how quick they can adjust to the league because it is so different. Yeah. It's a lot different to the NBA. It's a lot different to any other league around the world. Mm. How it's refed and physicality of it, and just I mean just just learning your teammates' names <laughs> is yes. a big thing yes. too, right? Yeah. You know that that's a thing. It's there's a lot of people of us all of a sudden that you've, you've oh, got to... Is 24 hours enough to learn 15 guys' names? I mean, he would have an idea, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. um, again, the, he would have probably had a, at least a bit of a look, yeah. you know, once once he knew he was yeah. signing with them. But uh, especially in a game, it's hard to mm. think of that off the top of your head, yeah. you know. So When you don't have the headshot in front of you yeah. with, with a name underneath. Yeah, exactly. So, no, look, it, it's very tough. It's It's got to be very difficult, but... He's a professional. He uh, he's he's going to slot in nicely, and uh, yeah, certainly make some waves for this team. What I did like is that he's an athlete. Like mm-hmm. he's the sort of guy that in the NBA he doesn't stand out as an athlete because uh, everyone else is. Like yeah, seventy five percent of the players <laughs> yeah. are similar athletes at his size. But for someone at his size to be that athlete, he looks like he'll be able to do some ball handling and, and mm-hmm. push the pace. And when Mitch Creek gets back, to have him, Alan Williams, out there at the same time. I feel like that's going to be really tough to tough to stop. Well, that'll be fun to watch, mm. you know, and hopefully we see that sooner rather than later. Because, yeah, look, NBA, you kind of lose that because everyone around you is very similar. Yes. You know, everyone is a super athlete yeah. and you come down to here where it's not like that at all, mm. you know. it's uh, We play a lot more on the ground, even yeah. though there's yeah. some athletes around the league, but yeah. it's, it's a lot more, yes. lot more on the ground. So yeah, it's, it's going to be fun, especially with with Creaky and and Williams running around with him. I think, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to be fun to watch. Brisbane Bullets, Ken Taipans games haven't disappointed <laughs> this season, Cody. They've been pretty eventful, and this one on Sunday was the same. Um, it was only a split second that cost Mitch Norton one of the highlights of his of his career. Um, I reckon it was point one of a second after. Yeah. After the buzzer where he got his shot off and he hit his three, it would have been his fourth three-pointer of the game. It would have been a game winner, but unfortunately it didn't count. Firstly, is there anyone in the league you would be happier for to hit a game-winning walk-off shot than Mitch Norton? Oh, you should have heard me. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, no, I was I would have been uh, very happy mm. for Norton if he made that because, I mean, he was a big reason why they were 
that close for sure in that fourth quarter. Yeah. You know, he made some big plays like charge on Taj yeah. and um, just diving on a loose ball and then corner three yes. and well, then this yeah. almost walk off three. It was already a season high scoring. Yeah. I think he had thirteen points. He's mm-hmm. season high. Most of that would have come in the fourth yep. too. <laughs> so, no, look, it would have been wicked to see um, that count, but. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, was was still stuck in his hands, and Sobes maybe took one too many dribbles. Mm. But I mean, look, he he made a great play. Yep. Sobe made a great play. Well, we've been asking Sobe to do that to be willing to, I guess, defer to teammates. Mm-hmm. I, th- I, th- I think you're right. That's yeah. exactly what what we want Sobe mm-hmm. to be doing, not putting so much pressure on himself to have to take that last shot. Yeah, and look, it, it's one of those things that I think if Sobes had of got to where he got and pulled up and shot it, mm. wouldn't have been upset with that shot no, either because no, sure. he got into a really good position yeah, yeah, and he sure. can do that with his athleticism and his quickness yeah. and his ability to rise above everyone on yeah. his jump shot as well. Mm. Just just got to Norto that quarter of a second too late, unfortunately. And, yeah, I mean, like I said, I was we were at mum and dad's when we watched it and, yeah, I went, I went pretty nuts and then <laughs> kind of rewatched the replay and just went, ah. Mm. Just watching Norto after it, yeah. knowing, I think knowing he knew. He, he did, he, knew. he did, knowing that he got it off that half second too late, unfortunately. But hey, the, the reason they were in that was was a big reason because of Norto. And yeah, look, I think Big Rocco Zakarski was, oh, was the other one. Yes. The reason they even made that comeback yeah. was Rocco. So made a what was a game that I almost turned off mm. at halftime uh, into a really good game. Well, give me your thoughts on Rocco because they were 22 points down during that third quarter and then all of a sudden Rocco comes out and has four block shots in about three minutes and, yeah. and those stops were when they were able to get back into the game because they were able to go and turn them into points up the other end and get it to a, to close to a sort of a 10-point margin at three-quarter time. For a 17-year-old to come out and have a defensive impact, yeah. what, is it, what does that say about well, it's him? It's huge, right? And he completely turned that game on its head. Mm. Brisbane were down and out. They were done, absolutely done. Throw Rocco out there, like you said, I think it was four blocks, mm. a little oop and a little yep. put back. And you know, not not only did that get Brizzy, you know, up and going, it got the crowd into it, mm-hmm. you know. And he's a fan favourite, which is mm. rightfully so. He's a big seventeen mm. year old, but he's seven foot one hundred kid that's uh, <laughs> And a local kid, which, he, which helps. Yeah, and he's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. And yeah, so look uh, you know, at at what point do you start looking at what Baines is giving you and what Rocco's giving you and decide to play Rocco a bit more. Because obviously Baines is Bainesy, you know, mm. his, uh, his resume speaks for itself. But at the moment, I feel like they're getting more out of Rocco mm-hmm. than, than what they are out of, out of Bainesy. So it's, it's a tough call, but do you start? Because we saw him do this, turn the game on its head and then not play again, mm. which for me, it was pretty frustrating to see. You wouldn't know it looking at, at Rocco because he's, he's no. one of those kids, yeah. he's, he's always up and about mm. and he's asking questions and I think that's huge for, mm. for a young kid like that to be able to do mm. that, his willingness to learn and mm. I mean, he's got some pretty good bigs around him to learn mm. off. So, um, yeah, look, it's, a, it's an interesting little scenario. but It is an interesting position mm. for Justin Schiller, isn't it? Because I, I don't think he can play any of their three centres together no. because they're not quite nim- not nimble enough. So I think Tyrell Harrison is absolutely now deserved to be the starter. So coming into the season, I'm sure that they had Baines as the starter, Harrison as mm-hmm. his backup, and then Rocco back up to Tyrell. But Tyrell deserves to be that number one spot. Yeah, I mean, do you think it is at a point now where Rocco plays the 15 minutes and you know Baines just gets what, whatever's left? 
Yeah, and I mean, look, it it probably needs to be on a game by game basis as mm-hmm. well. You know, see how they're doing. You know, Bainesy played. I think it was seven minutes in the first half or first three quarters, and because yeah. he got in foul trouble, yeah. and was minus six or seven. Mm. That's that's not good. Throw a rock out there, he does that, and then you know you throw Bainesy back on in the fourth. You know, and mm. I think he came in fouled twice and had to sit again. Yeah. So he gave Ty like a minute mm. to rest. So. I don't know. It, it it is a tough one. It really is a tough one because he's still a seventeen year old. Yep. You know, he, he's going to make those silly mistakes. He's going to do the silly things. Mm-hmm. You know, that at the end of a game could cost you the game. Mm-hmm. But again, if it wasn't for mm-hmm. what he did in that three four minute spurt, he wouldn't even be in the game in the, in mm-hmm. the first place. I don't know. It, I don't envy Justin Shaw mm-hmm. having to uh, to make these decisions because, I mean, yeah, to to. To have to choose between a 17-year-old and uh, NBA vet. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, he's an Australian basketball all-time great. Yes, he certainly is. So yeah. that's a tough one. <laughs> it really is a tough one. When do you also have an eye to next year? So we know that Rocco will be there next year. Yep. I find it hard to imagine that Baines will be playing in the NBL next season. Yeah. When do you start to factor that into it as well? Yeah. Look, is it too soon now? I think it's too soon. Yeah, I, I do think it's too soon. Because I mean, they're in that position of really needing to win games. Yes. So I don't think it's I don't think it's a time to be experimenting too much or mm-hmm. anything like that. And I don't think you look too far forward mm-hmm. just yet. Um, you know, if you're a team maybe like Adelaide, who you can probably count them out for the season yeah. now, unfortunately, you do probably look forward a bit more and start to play with some lineups and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I think Brisbane need to be knuckling down and trying to find out their rotation that's going to make them successful for, for this season. New Zealand breakers, Cody, I, I, how, how do we know what to make of them? I mean, we, we talked last week and we got the Anthony Lamb guarantee that they would be better. Mm-hmm. He would be better. They would be better rebounding. And everything that he talked about, he backed up. And as a team, they backed it up. They were terrific up in, up in Cairns. It was a tough preparation. They flew up early to Brisbane to even wait to find out if they would be able to get to Cairns to play because of the, the tropical cyclone. Um, they turned up and put in a, a monster performance on, on the Friday night, 36-18 to 18 in the first quarter. They dominated the game from there. They won the rebounding count, which was a massive factor the previous week, made a change to the starting lineup as well with Mantas. There we go, Cody. Thank you. Thank you. So he, into the starting line, I've had the best performance of his career, 28 points, eight rebounds, and he talked afterwards about how Modi challenged him to to rebound. He had zero rebounds the game before against Tasmania. He had eight. Anthony Lamb stepped up, 29 points, eight rebounds. Um, We just don't know what we're going to get from the breakers game after game. You don't, and I don't think Modi does either. I think that's the issue right now Mm. is there's no real constant you know, if they were to be that rebounding team mm. and you knew you were going to get that every single night, then you'd be happy because you're like, all right, we can fix some things on the offensive end. But you don't know. Like it mm. took them getting absolutely blown out of the water on back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back weeks mm. and nights on that rebounding count yeah. for people like yourself in the press conferences after games to, to flag it with mm. him and, you know, and then to have Anthony Lamb do his Anthony Lamb guarantee <laughs> of we're going to be better, mm-hmm. it, it shouldn't come to that. Mm. Especially for a team that is has, has struggled with, again, injuries, you know, that yeah. they need to hang their hat on something. Mm. And I think, you know, rebounding is one of those things that it's all effort. You know, yep. there is a bit of skill, like we've said, but it's all effort and to, to get after those boards. And we saw it. 
you know, we, we saw it on the weekend a bit, which was which was good. Hopefully they can keep that going and, mm. and start to make a bit of a push because you're right, we, we just don't know which breakers team is going to mm. show up each night. Simon Cheatham was with the team in Cairns, so mm-hmm. he'll be back playing this week. So they, they play first up against Sydney on, on Friday. It feels like they were just starting to now turn things around and get some momentum. Now they add in such a key piece. We know how good of a player he is, but how do they make sure that he doesn't upset the momentum that they've just started to build? <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one, but look, I don't think their momentum has carried over long enough uh, to be out of throw a spanner it's in. It's a yeah. one-game momentum, yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. But right now, for that, that's that's good. That's what mm. they need, mm. you know. You can only do it one game at a time, one quarter at a time, and then, mm. you know, make it into the game. So he'll help them a lot. He'll, mm. he'll certainly help them a lot. Again, he's going to take probably a couple games to get his legs mm. back under him properly, mm. and um, I wouldn't assume we'd see him for lots of minutes in the first mm. couple of weeks. But... Yeah, I don't think that their momentum has, has carried on long enough to, to be able to throw a spanner in it yet. I want to get your thoughts on Adelaide. Um, I feel like they didn't play badly at all against Melbourne United on, on Sunday. And in a lot of ways, if they put in that same performance, they probably beat most other teams in the competition if they yep. weren't playing Melbourne. So they, they only lost, lost by 11. Scott Ninnis had them, had them playing pretty hard. Interesting what's happening now with their personnel. So it looks yep. like... Scott Ninnis has settled on no Kyron Galloway, no Toei Smith-Milner, and no Jason Kadee. And then Sunday Detch will be sort of a, a case-by-case basis. So he played a fair bit in this game because he was a good matchup on Golding, but there'll be some games where he doesn't play. It looks like Trey Kell is the one that's now doing most of the point yeah. guard duties when ideally he's probably a three-man. Yeah. So it's interesting the way things have panned out. Um, two games into Scott Ninnis's reign, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, look, they're, they're certainly playing better, but still not to the level they probably need to. And you're right, their game against Melbourne, had that have been against pretty much every other team, they would have been right there to win it and yeah. probably have won it. Mm. But, you know, it's tough with the rotations. Again, we're not sure what's going on there, if he's getting told what to do or not, or yeah. if it's all his decision. So, yeah, look, hard to say for this season, really. Mm. Um, but yeah, throwing Trey Keller at the point guard was was a bit confusing for me. Because um, right, you know, we've seen guys, and again, we've spoken about it in this show, um, who aren't point guards running that point guard position and just wearing themselves out, yeah. and not being able to be as good or as successful as we know they can be. Mm. Yeah, look, I, I think it's probably trying to play Mitch McCarron a bit more off the ball as well. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Flowers coming in, and we knew that wasn't mm. going to work with him yeah. being at the point guard. So maybe just mixing it up a bit. And again, you know, I did mention it before. A team like Adelaide can can probably afford to mix and match and mm. throw some different lineups at you and be a bit experimental with yeah. with who they play where because of the position they're in. Yeah. So the other fascinating thing about that game was DJ Vasilovic. Cramping late in the game, yeah. Cody. He went down with his cramp, and we had a spectator from the from the front row get up and help him stretch out his his cramp. I don't, I don't think anyone saw anything wrong with that, and he was only trying to trying to help the guy. and And the Adelaide medical staff took a long time to get to DJ, and by the time they got to him, he was already back back up. So I mean, I didn't see anything wrong with it, but you know, we've seen the NBL put out a statement about it. Let mm-hmm. me let let me say what the statement read, and then get your your reaction, Cody, because I. 
seem to think it's a little bit of an overreaction. Yeah. Um, so the statement read, our VIP and courtside seats put fans right amongst the action and get them closer to the game than in any other sport. But with that access comes the expectation they remain in their seats and stay off the court. We acknowledge in this case there was a very special set of circumstances in that the patron, a physiotherapist, yeah. saw a person in front of him in pain and wanted to help, which is admirable, but we have professional medical staff with each team to perform those duties and for obvious reasons we can't have spectators entering the court during live play no matter the circumstances. What do you think? Yeah, I, yeah overreaction for sure. Mm. And look, I was... I was going to say I did read that he was an actual physio. Yeah. If it's just a random bloke that <laughs> yeah. was like, oh, maybe I can help, <laughs> yeah. then then that would yeah. probably warrant that kind of a response, mm. right? It's the funny. F- if you're a physiotherapist as a profession and you see a guy in front of you struggling and you know you can help him. It would be an automatic how, reaction. How, it would, <laughs> how hard would it be to not help him? Yeah, yeah exactly. It would, it would have been an automatic reaction. And we saw it. It was. Yeah. He jumped straight up out of his seat, yeah. went and grabbed him grabbed his toe, pushed it towards him to mm. stretch out his calf, mm. which is exactly what you do with a calf cramp. Yeah. We even heard DJ on the telecast the night after mm. speak about it. Yeah. Like, yep, you'll be getting some shoes and a jersey. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. like, thankful for it. Mm. And smack on with the medical staff took a long time to get mm. out there. Mm. It, it's tough with, with those guys because usually they're either on the very end of the bench mm. or they're up around to the side of the yeah. stands behind and it, the bench. And their bench was up the other end, other of, the, end, of, the end of the court. Yeah. yeah, He could have already been working on someone on Adelaide up around the corner. Mm. And then, yeah. So, look, it it's brutal. It's Yeah, I, I do think that's a bit of an overreaction. And mm. I think we've seen anyone that's read it has mm. said the same thing. Oh, just unnecessary to make a statement, I think. I, I think it could have been left at what it was yeah. and didn't really need to be addressed too much. Mm. So... Yeah, look, I think that, you know, to be fair, I think they're probably just trying to get ahead of anything else that's going to happen mm. after mm. this now, but they probably just went a step too far with it. Were you playing in the game when the beer was poured, poured over the, the yes. Kings play in, in Wollongong? Yes, yes. I, I thought you were. So. Yes, I was part of that. Yeah, yes, so. <laughs> so I guess we do have to be mindful that it can yes. go the other way very, very quickly. Two very, very different <laughs> yes, stories no. there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but still, I mean, I guess that's what they, they're worried about. Last thing in this segment, Cody. I'm not going to get bogged down in a referee discussion again because that could take the rest of the show. Yeah, that's, that's not. Um, what I do want to talk about, though, is... How good was it to see some big guys actually allowed to play some defense? We've been calling for it all season. Yep. You started in your preseason predictions when you predicted Mango Madiang as your defensive player of the year because we hoped that the big guys would be allowed to actually go for their go for their shot blocks. Yep. So this weekend we saw Joe Lawalachul in the throwdown, seven blocks, Will Magne four blocks in Perth against the Wildcats, and as we talked about, Rocco Zagarski four blocks in about three minutes for, yeah. for Brisbane. It's fun to watch watch these big guys block shots, isn't it? Oh, it is, and that's you know part of their arsenal, and mm. that's you know part of why they're on teams, you know, mm. because of that. So it's tough because the league's never really reft verticality too well, mm. and it's been tough because again, it's not the most athletic league in the world, mm. and it's come leaps and bounds, pardon the pun, in the past couple of years. So mm. we're seeing these athletes be able to get up and contest shots. It's Something that it's it is hard to ref, you know. You know, it, every game you tip your hat to the refs, and as as frustrating as it's been this year, it's got to be the hardest job in the world, and it's the most thankless job in the world. Sure, and it's yeah, yeah. without them, we wouldn't be able to play this game. Yeah. So you do have to thank them, but you still want them to do a good job, right? <laughs> yes, yes. So no, it was really good to be able to see 
that kind of thing happened this round and, and lots of shot blocks and mm. the statisticians not rob people of their blocks. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Um, it was nice to see those numbers numbers racked up and, and acknowledged. Mm. I think the previous week I remember asking Scott Roth about how Will, Will Magna had such a big impact in the game and I'm looking at the stat sheet and there's one one block shot yep. next to his name and he had more than that. But no, he, he was credited with four on Friday night, so that, that was that was a better job. Um, I think we've done a good job with that, Cody. Let's take yeah. a deep breath. When we come back, we'll start. We'll get our awards and then we'll look ahead to the Christmas round in Perfect. the NBL. Sounds good, man. He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on Tap Touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Okay. Last segment on this Christmas edition of Hoops Evans Basketball Hustle, Cody. Um, before we turn our attention to round 12 across Christmas, um, the awards from round 11. The Galen winner, best team man in the NBL. No great surprise, I don't think, We that it came from Melbourne United. We probably could have had... Multiple players, but Simon Mitchell, the former South East Melbourne Phoenix coach and one of our partners here, has chosen Joe Luala Chul, and here's his reasoning, and we'll see if you can add, a, add, a, add anything to, to this, Cody. Um, just production. Scoring, rebounding, and blocks has been shortchanged in a few games by the statistician on blocks, so nice to see Simon's yeah, on board with on us board. there. <laughs> um, but was well, re- well rewarded this weekend against two of the better centres in the NBL. Tough to argue. It is. And look, the first two words, just production, mm. I think. Hit the nail on the head there and, you know, he, he just did a bit of everything. He, he was great for them this weekend and um, the fact that he was almost, well, almost got the uh, the blocks record or tied it almost mm. was probably a bit, um, you know, playing in, in the back of his mind and he was mm. getting after him a bit. But <laughs> that's good and that's, that's yeah. how I think he can and should be able to play defense. Yes. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if a guy like this did average four blocks mm. for a season because I think he can yeah. if he's allowed to. So, no, he was he was awesome. Oh, I think he did everything for them, and he, he kind of was was a glue that held them together um, for the for the whole um, weekend. Absolutely. All right. Thank you to Simon Mitchell for that round twelve across Christmas, Cody. So thank you to Tap Touch. We'll check out the Tap Touch exclusives app and. We'll help try and help you find some winners across the, these games. So go to tabtouch.com.au or on the app and check these out. Starts on Friday night. We've got a double header, and it's a grand final rematch. Mm-hmm. Cody, um, both of these teams coming off good performances, as we talked about this past weekend as well. So we've got the New Zealand Breakers at home to the Sydney Kings. Breakers with Zylan Cheatham back at least for some minutes, yep. which will give them a, them a boost. But the Kings looking to build some momentum too. This is a this is a good way to start the round. Really is. Uh, I think that Sydney really need to start knuckling down a bit and mm. and making a, a big push. And you know we've seen patches where they just kind of go cold and defensively they kind of let up a little, a few too many easy buckets. Mm. And that's what they've spoken about and what they need to clean up. Yeah. So I think that uh, they'll they'll be tough to beat this week. I think. And uh, you know New Zealand. Hopefully they can keep the momentum going and mm. just insert that Cheatham as a as a extra added punch and yeah. should I mean, be a really good game. I mean, let's be honest, Cheatham and Lamb together oh, playing on the yeah. same time when they're both up and going, that's that's gonna be so much fun to watch. It is, it is. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun in a couple of weeks' time when yeah. when Cheatham gets his legs under sure. him properly. But, you know, we're certainly gonna see flashes of it. So mm. um, look I do think Sydney get this one, uh, but I, I expect it to be a really good game. 
Second up on Friday night, Cairns Taipan, South East Melbourne Phoenix. Before we get to the game itself, got a feel for the Cairns community right now. So they went through yeah. the tropical cyclone last week, came through that, but now the floods have taken over in Cairns ever since. I mean, it's just, this is beyond basketball. You just hope that the community of Cairns can, can get through this. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we, we signed off last week hoping that everyone in Cairns stayed safe mm. and not been a great week for them. No. Um, odds aren't even up for this game yet. So, mm. you know, not even sure if it's going to go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, because it's meant to be played in Cairns, obviously. Yes, so, yes. sorts out to everyone in Cairns and, and hopefully everyone's staying safe. And, you know, in terms of the basketball, hopefully, you know, if it's if it's not safe enough, hopefully, you know, the Taipans can get up and out of there and yeah. get somewhere mm. so that they're safe as well. Yes. Um, but, yeah, really... Really feeling for, for the whole community and especially this time of year. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's brutal. Assuming it's able to go ahead, Mike Kelly goes into this game with a chip on his shoulder. He, yeah. he rightfully doesn't like the way he was treated mm-hmm. at the end of his time at, at the Taipans. He, he lost on his first trip back to Cairns as a, as a head coach. Um, this is a big game for the Phoenix, not just for those personal reasons for Mike Kelly, but they need to be better after those two 28-point losses. Yeah, well, that's yeah probably not been a fun week. For, mm. for the Phoenix on the training track, unfortunately. And, you know, sometimes you need weekends like this to really kickstart the, the rest of the season for you. Um, obviously, losing by, you know, 28 and back-to-back games mm. is, is never <laughs> ideal and you don't ever want that. But if they can watch the film, learn from it, go out, train hard, get after it, you know, get Nader up and running and into the system more and w- within the group more and come out of it, you know, positively, mm. you know, I think they'll be all right. I, I just think, honestly, I think Cairns right now are, are playing better basketball. Yes. Um, and I think it does go ahead. I don't know how many people are going to be at mm. the game, unfortunately. Mm. But uh, flip of the coin for me, but I think Cairns because they're in Cairns. Yes. These are two huge games on Saturday. Um, firstly, in Wollongong, Illawarra Hawks are now one of the form teams mm. of the competition. So they're, they're looking to now continue that in front of their, their home fans. But... They're against the Tasmania Jack Jumpers who are coming off two losses. They're, they're a team that over three seasons now has shown a great ability to get things back on track pretty quickly after yeah. some poor performances. So this is a this is a fascinating one. It is. And hopefully Milton Doyle's had some sleep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, look, the the Hawks are playing one of the better brands of basketball right now throughout the league and mm-hmm. more consistent than, than a lot of other teams and I just think Tassie is too good at riding the ship, like you mentioned. Mm. I think they're just Scott Roth is too good at adjusting and, and getting them back on the same page. Mm. So look, I'll, I would expect them to uh, to come out swinging mm. and probably take it to the Hawks here and, and get a good dub. Then we've got Melbourne United and the Perth Wildcats at John Kane Arena. A um, couple of things to point out for this game. It's an open-air game. Yep. And in my mind, they're probably the two best teams right yep. now. Would you Would you agree? Yes, oh, I would agree with that. It was funny watching the Sydney Jack Jumpers game on the weekend and they brought up the ladder mm. um, before the game. And we're looking at it and we're like, oh, so if, you know, if, if Sydney win this, then you know, the Cats will move up to second. And I was looking at it and I was like, well, no, this, the winner of this just flips to second and the loser flops back to fourth. It's... Yes. The cat stayed in the exact same spot regardless of the, <laughs> yes. of the outcome, which mm. was a really strange little mm. uh, you know, little tidbit to look at. But um, look, oh, I do think the cats are pro- more consistent right now too. You know, yeah. they're, they're playing a better, better brand of basketball from, from the start of the year. And you know, again, we saw how important Ty is to that, to that yes. group. Um, 
I believe with these games, I believe they're flying the families over too. No, they are because they're, they're, because they're away over the entire yep. Christmas break because they play in Cairns on, 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 on Boxing Day. So yeah, I mean, that, I think that's a that's a great, that's a awesome. great thing, yeah. and that's um, that's so good to hear because yeah. I know a lot of those guys have young families, so it's uh, it's good to hear. I, I just I just think Melbourne are too good right now. Honestly, I think it'll be a really good game. Um, the open air game is is really cool, but once once the ball's thrown up, you kind of it's more for the fans. Yes. But they're a lot of fun to be part of. Have you, are, have you played in one? Yeah, I played in the first ever one. That's right. Yeah, so um, which was which is wicked. So they're they're a lot of fun. I played mm-hmm. in I think three of them. Mm-hmm. So they're they're cool. They're they are really cool. But again, like I said, once once the ball goes up, mm. it doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know, you, you don't really notice it. So the, the pictures are cool, aren't they? They are. They're yeah. awesome. They're they're really cool. And it's it's an awesome little idea. And and I'm glad that they do it every year now. Yeah. So yeah, look. Um, Melbourne definitely get this one though, I think. Christmas Eve. This is an interesting one as well. Adelaide 36 is at home to the Brisbane Bullets. Like you touched on for the games on Saturday, it's a bit of an earlier start. Mm-hmm. So from a Brisbane Bullets players and coaches perspective for the guys that have young families, I'm glad that they'll be able to get home yeah, for awesome. Christmas. So that that's works so out well. But I'm sure it would be a lot happier if they get a win. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you like in this one? I think Brizzy showed glimpses in the second half against Cairns of, mm-hmm. of what they can do. You know, it's good to have Bannon back in for yes, them. Yes. Um, I think he just changes them a lot. I just think they've got everything together a bit more than Adelaide do right now. Mm. In saying that, Adelaide's played some pretty good ball under under Scotty. So should be a good one. I think Brisbane get this one and uh, a much-needed one. What's going through Jason Cadiz's mind during this game? So he's he decided to leave Brisbane mm-hmm. after a, a really tough couple of years. Gone to Adelaide and now he's not playing. What's going through his mind as this game unfolds? Oh, it's tough. It's tough for him, right? You know, obviously know how it feels, um, yeah. which is which is brutal. But he's, you know, he's the ultimate professional, so he will go into this the same way he goes into any other game, expecting to play and, yeah. and contribute. Um, but his leadership, you know, just from the sidelines is is big. You can see, you know, in the young guys, you know, every every time there's a timeout, he's He's in there. He's talking to the guys. He's he's pulling up one of the guys, telling them what he's seeing, and he's doing all the right things. He's he's um obviously probably frustrated not playing, but uh, he's still making an impact for that team. Christmas Day in the NBL, Cody. We've now got two games this mm-hmm. year. Um, before we get to the games themselves, we've had a one year look at it now. Last year with what we saw in Sydney. Um, what are your thoughts on the NBL playing on Christmas Day? Yeah, look, I think. Uh, it's something that, you know, the NBA does it and it's such a big thing. And, you know, players around the NBA now look forward to playing on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're happy to be playing on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. It's, obviously, it's obviously very tough with the NBL because of how different the league is run and all that yeah. sort of stuff. But, look, I, I think it's good. You know, I think it's good. And we saw last year where there were some massive crowds and massive viewing, and, yeah. which is actually surprising. It was surprising for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it would be like that. So... Mm-hmm. Now we've got two games and, and two games that should be really good. Yeah. Um, so looking forward to them. We've tried to li- limit the travel because we don't want we don't want people, coaches, players, support yep. staff away from their families on Christmas. So Tasmania can obviously not play against anyone that you know, every team they have they play yeah, has, has to has at least to fly. But yeah. Mel- Melbourne is the smallest flight, so they yep. got the Phoenix, and then you've got the Kings and the Hawks. So it's only in a one hour. Car ride and maybe with no traffic on Christmas, I might even yeah. might even be able to cut down the travel <laughs> time. Um, 
Have they got the two the two games right in your in your mind? Yeah, I think so. I think the only other way you could do it is is the um, United, United yeah, yeah United versus Phoenix, but it is where it is. Yeah. I I don't see it being too much of an issue. I think it's good. You know, you got Southeast Melbourne and Tassie probably as close as anyone. You know, mm-hmm. apart from it being Brisbane and Cairns or Melbourne and Southeast. You know, mm-hmm. it's it is what it is. So I think they've got them right. Okay, so that's the games themselves. Jack Jumpers and the Phoenix first up. They're both coming off playing earlier in the weekend as well. So it might be Christmas, but they've still got the travel to, yeah. to deal with. So, you know, it, it, they're still going to be have some tired bodies. What are you expecting? Tough one. Mm. Tough one, right? I think, um, um, yeah, uh, I'm not really sure. It's, it's, going to be, it's going to be an interesting one. I think that Tassie will be up and about. Um, I think they'll be... They'll be good, and, and like I, like I said, with the uh, game against Illawarra, they're going to be on the right page this weekend mm. you know, after having a bit of a slip up last weekend. Mm. So Phoenix is probably still going to be another, probably at least another week or two away from gelling properly with Nader, I, unfortunately. I, I, mean, I don't think we can fully expect them to be at their best until we see Creek back. Yeah, no, and, and he's at least a couple of weeks yeah. out. Yep, which which is frustrating for them, mm. obviously. So look, I think. Tazzy get this one, but we're obviously are going to see a lot more of Nader, which, yes. which will be exciting. Kings and the Hawks, you know this rivalry very well. You know both teams very well. I feel like this will be the biggest game between these two teams since they they met in the in the semifinals a couple of a couple of years back. This yep. is this is a big game, huge, and it always is with these two teams. Mm-hmm. And you know this rivalry is is always one of those ones that no matter who's on each side, um, the game's always good. It's always a good game. So I think uh, I, I do think the Kings just have that bit too much firepower, mm. but uh, they're going to have their uh, defense tested with, with the way the Hawks are running right mm. now. So it'll uh, I expect it to be a fairly high scoring, yes. um, highly intense yes. game, which will uh, be a lot of fun. I, I do think the Kings get it though. Perfect Christmas Day game. This yeah. is, I mean, I imagine we're going to see 200 points at least yeah, between I the two so teams. Too. So <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's a nice Christmas evening viewing. Yep, looking forward to it. We'll finish on Boxing Day, Cody. We could keep going because there's a game every single yeah, day every now single. For, the, for the next couple of weeks, but we'll, we'll cut off our preview on Boxing Day. It's up in Cairns, the Taipans and the Wildcats. That's, that's assume that everything's okay in mm-hmm. Cairns and this game goes ahead without any worries. It's a nice, nice little rivalry that's built up between these two teams as well. What would you expect? Uh, I'd expect the cats to flex a bit of a muscle here. Mm-hmm. I think, especially with the fact that they're going to have their families with them, mm. um, it is going to be a, a real good touch for that, kind of for their mental side of things yeah. uh, over this period. But yeah, look, oh, I think I think the cats come out and, and really take it to them. Yeah, provide it goes ahead. Yes. All right, Cody. Um, it's been a lot to cover. It's been a lot of fun to cover it once again with you. Thank you to Hoop Seven for making it possible and. If you haven't been able to get your orders in for Christmas, if you're in Perth, head to Hoop 7 on Murray Street. If not, just order now and it'll get here yeah. very shortly after Christmas. Yeah. So so head to hoop7.com.au. And also, we're going to have plenty of exclusives over the next week and check them out at the TabTouch app and at tabtouch.com.au. But most importantly, Cody, hope you have a great Christmas mm. with the family. Um, well, my first Christmas with Elvis. Yeah. How many Christmases now is it for you, Lauren and Chase? Well, this is ten now, mm. so yeah, yeah. <laughs> ten. So, yep, had uh, to be our third with with Bo. Yes, second with Bo, second with Bo. Sorry, and uh, our first one with with our other little dog, August. Yes. So, yeah, 
starting to get more and more each year. It's, uh, it's pretty scary. <laughs> so, no, look, it's, uh, it's always a fun day and we'll end up over at mum and dad's in the pool, I'm sure. But yeah, no, look, Merry Christmas to you and the fans too, mate. He'll make it for sure. Now that's why I backed him on Tab Touch. Hey, Luke. Yes, Gene Simmons. He's probably the best when it comes to this stuff. Thanks, Gene. You've got the touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.